Hey Karen, do you feel more successful when your clients are thrilled, when your bank account is filled, or when you have no worries in the whole wide world? Um, all of the above? Maybe when my clients are weeping at a beautiful video and thanking me. That's a whole lot to think about and manage. True. Maybe it's worth deciding what success really feels like. So that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Okay, so it's called Stargazer. Jen, what's in it? Well, okay. <laughs> it, it calls for Chardonnay, and we actually have a Game of Thrones Chardonnay because, you guys, it's the week and it's debuting. So in honor of too much television. Oh, no, in honor of badass female leaders. That's right. We've got a Game of Thrones Chardonnay in here, and it has some Kraken Black Spiced Rum, vanilla syrup, pineapple juice, and lime juice. It's crazy delicious. The vanilla scent on top of the citrus is almost mesmerizing. It's so good. And it's over ice. So it sounds as good as it tastes. It's so delicious. You guys are going to have to go to the website and see the recipe for this one, and I guarantee you want to make it this spring. And neither Jen or I are spiced rum drinkers, but it's something about the freshness of the citrus and the vanilla. Just, It's just good. It's just good. Just like success. Success is good. It feels good. It looks good. <laughs> success looks good on you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you very much. It does on you as well. Thank you. So the question, like, I mean, success, that's, that's, that's a lot. It is a lot. So when we first started talking about this this topic, my biggest my my top question was, well, what realm are you talking about? Is it personal or professional? Is it financial? Is it now? Is it in hindsight? Is it in the future? What are we talking about here? Because for me, it's I think both of us have this lifelong love of learning. So for me, success is a continuum. So it's hard for me to compartmentalize. Yeah, and I think success is it depends on your measuring sticks mm-hmm. so much. So what's successful for Karen might be different than what's successful for Jen. So so defining success is a really tricky topic and varies so widely from industry to industry and from person to person. Mm-hmm. So my number one motivation has never been financial. Like that's just not – that's not what gets me out of bed in the, in the morning. Um, so for me, I, to talk about success in a financial way doesn't excite me. It, of course, it's true that I want to provide for my family. I want to make sure that my kids can get an education, and I want to retire at some time when I'm still alive. <laughs> but <laughs> outside of those things, I, there's just not a lot of um, – that's just not how I define my my success. But for sure, it's about having impact in the areas where I feel great purpose. So whether that's raising great kids that are well-adjusted and happy and um, – and feeling fulfilled in my relationships and feeling like I can create a place that is a place to work for people that's, that's satisfying and fulfilling for their careers. I think for me, that's one measuring stick. And it differs day by day, too. I, for sure. You know, I could look at today and feel like I've had a very successful day and tomorrow I could feel like I've had an utterly non-successful day. So there are those measuring sticks, like you said, being able to retire at a certain age that are long-term. And then there's the ones on a daily basis that make you feel satisfied or unsatisfied with where you are. So those measuring sticks, while they're different for different people, there are also different time measurements that I think matter. Yeah. And I and I think that on a day-to-day, it's hard. 
I think a day-to-day measuring stick of success is harder because you're looking at time under such a microscope that, for example, yesterday we had a shoot and it's a it's a brand new technology, brand new way of thinking and doing things, brand new way of delivering product. And so we're all adjusting and it was emotionally taxing and felt really high risk and um, high visibility. And so at the end of the day, I... Um, felt really numb and tired and like I had nothing else to give. And so I wasn't sure at the end of the day whether I felt successful or not, even though I know that the shoot went really, really well. So it's just to look at a blip in time is really hard measuring stick. Well, it's funny that you say it because as you're explaining your day, I thought to myself, that sounds really successful. Yeah. And so, but you walked away from the day not feeling that way. Only because it was... I think we had we had all given it our all, and we were also tired at the end of it, like just emotionally drained. We had really given it our all. Yeah. And so, you know, the feeling of exhaustion makes it hard to feel really energized that it and, – and something to celebrate. It's like, oh, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. You know, we, we, we do these honest conversation lunches um, from time to time with other, other women that we um, – appreciate and respect in our community. And one of the things that we asked in our last lunch was, how do you define success? Because I thought it was fun to tee it up. And one of the answers came, and I just, it kind of still sits with me. And she said, well, it depends on if you're building your resume or your legacy. And I'm paraphrasing, but really that's, that's what that was. And I thought that that was really poignant. And I think at the beginning of your career, sometimes that's what you're doing. You're trying to build that resume. But I think we're at the point where we can very gladly think about our futures or our legacies. Sure. I think building something that lasts is actually really important to me and that that there's a lot around my feelings of of success in that way right now. But when you're young, that's not necessarily what you're looking to do. You're looking to grow and get a few feathers and Mm -hmm. notches in the belt and whatever other ridiculous metaphor I can find. But (laughs) you have to think in terms of the different parts of your world and your different places in time as to whether it's a professional piece on that resume or if it's something that you can look back and feel deep down like I've accomplished something and changed someone's world. And so a lot of it is just the lens through which you look at success, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think we both align in that way where we've moved away from maybe a more youthful or early career lens. Uh, I I would admit that um, winning awards was really, really important to me at the beginning of my career because it was the industry, you know, (laughs) bestowing upon me their appreciation or their like somehow (laughs) their acknowledgement that we had done good work and that felt really important. But we've talked about it before. I don't think that that's something that you buy into anymore. Not 100 percent. No, I mean – because when you when you are learning and when you are growing, it, that external validity is really, really nice. And clients love it, and it's useful. And the other advantage to awards, um, which I thought about a bit when you talked about your exhaustion at the end of the day, when you can get some days or months or even a span of much of a year of space to look back at what you've accomplished, you can see something quite profound. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun thing about award season is it allows you to look back at all of the things you've accomplished and, and the fact that they're really meaningful. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't I don't think people go looking for awards because they want something else to put on their shelf. 
I think perhaps they go looking for awards because it is a good reminder of the great work you've done for your client. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also a, a great way to, to cement your footing among your peers and be able to validate that there is an external lens saying that you're doing quality things. But I also think that that can be done in lots of ways. It can. It can. You know, for me, I definitely have gotten a little past that um, award fever, um, but we've been in business for a long time. Mm-hmm. My current measures of success, though, are are not having to worry, whether it's about billing or tuition or wh- who the new client is going to be or how to manage that HR thing. Getting to a footing where I'm confident about what's going to happen next or where the answers are going to come from or that I have a programmatic way to solve a problem mm-hmm. makes me feel very, very successful. And it's not so much about checking a box that someone else would recognize professionally. It's about feeling that I've solved a process and made it secure. No, that makes perfect sense. So then at some point you've, you've gotten to this point because of experience, probably a little bit of failure, right? So what role does failure play in your experience of success? I think failure makes success much, much sweeter, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think experiencing failure is so very important. And it's funny because we just had conferences with our, with our teenagers. And my 15-year-old is so bright. And one of his teachers said, he's so bright, but he doesn't work very hard. And he won't learn to work hard until he fails because he doesn't have to work very hard to do okay. So he's going to have to experience failure before it kicks him into high gear. That's a great explanation for what failure can do for success. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just had a conversation about failure this morning with my nine-year-old, and it was something as simple as he knew he could take on something for extra credit, but it wasn't required. He didn't feel prepared, so he decided he wasn't going to try. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, I expect you to try, even though the teacher doesn't require you to try, because even if you fail, you grow. I don't expect you to succeed. Just try. But the success is in trying, not in succeeding, right? Absolutely. It's like, it's the, would you rather get out on the skinny branches to reach up higher, knowing that that branch could snap, or would you rather stand on the ground and pick the low-hanging fruit? Right. It's true. And... Success is sweeter when there's some risk involved and some stretching involved. And I think when you measure success, some of it, the the harder it comes to you and the more you have to work for it, the more cherished it would be. Well, absolutely. And then part of that is just the persist, you know, the constant persistence that you need to to finally achieve success or to consistently have success. And you have to practice persistence (laughs) to have it, which is kind of a funny cycle. Well, and you have to have goals. You know, I had a great conversation the other day with a business owner friend, and we're in very different industries, but our businesses have worked together in the past. And he was talking about how much he wanted to grow and his goal of being at around 90 people, which is a lot. He's almost halfway there, and I'm sure he'll make it because he's a determined and hardworking fella. And to me, 90 people would be terrible, and that's nowhere nowhere near where I want to be. And, and, and I was talking about being around a dozen people would be my ideal, no bigger than that. I'm very happy being quite tight with our team. And we just had a nice moment of, oh, isn't it neat that we both have 
really are clearly articulated goals, and they're so different, and they're both successful. Yeah, and and I mean, and and so too, it's perfect that exactly what makes you feel successful and what makes me feel successful might be very far apart, but it's both success, and and I think that's a it's a good point on goals is that. Success is being able to even have these interim things. You know, maybe the long-range goal is something quite big, but between now and then I have these other small goals that will make me put a notch in my belt each step of the way. Right. So let's talk for a minute about legacy. Okay. I think that, I mean, I think that that was a very insightful comment, and it really did make me think a little bit differently about personal goals as opposed to professional goals. But... Um, I think in both personal and professional spaces, you really can leave a legacy if you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's personally, we have lots of ways and very clear ways that we can leave legacies. So whether it is what we've done for our children or our communities or the or the organizations in which we want to invest ourselves. But I also think that professionally, our businesses can touch those areas as well. And so it's very easy for both of our businesses to say, that we've done projects, whether pro bono or not, uh, that our, our work has positively impacted different organizations or different communities in which our projects have touched. And that that's really important to both of us, I know. What else for professionally leaving a legacy? Well, like you mentioned, that I'm very thankful for is that we get to work for organizations that make the world a better place. And if you know that your work has attended to fixing one problem or changing one person's life, even through the agent of your client, that is very, very meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. And the other part that's interesting to me, because you do videos all the time, you know how, you are able to coach and train and mentor your clients sometimes in a way so that they come out in a better space Mm -hmm. or more equipped to, to handle the next project. And that's in some ways leaving a legacy too of sharing your knowledge. So I think um, in a professional way, you really can look at it as building a legacy instead of building a resume. Absolutely. Well, and I and I think building a legacy around the type of the type of business that you're creating as a culture for a, a positive place for people to work. I think if if you can walk away one day and turn off the lights and have a lot of people be able to look back and say, "I got my start there," or "Man, I spent a lot of time there." I <laughs> know. Oh, or, Karen. <laughs> Or man, I really, I really learned so much about myself there. That's an important legacy too. I mean, and it's a responsibility we have that um, I think entrepreneurs should really take to heart. It's true, and I think that getting back to your earlier point, success isn't always about money, and of course, we all want enough to do the things we need to do. However, if you look at these other ways of of measuring the success in your life and the success and impact of the things you do on a daily basis. It can feel pretty good, and it, and it can um, really ground you and remind you why you're doing what you do. Well, and I think what I hear you saying, too, is that it's important to stop and take stock. It's true. You know, we've talked sometimes about looking backward and not being very healthy and not spending too much time in a rearview mirror. But the time you do spend in a rearview mirror really should be taking stock of the growth that you've had, the impact you've had on others, and the milestones that you've hit. And if you spend some time thinking that through, it really can change your outlook on the future. Yeah, taking stock of what you already have accomplished, maybe even in a moment of weakness, will allow you to regain your footing and then be able to turn around and say, no, so I'm already successful. What next? What next? There's always more. You know, so if you're... 
of a certain age and you feel like you haven't checked all the boxes, give yourself some grace. If it means that you thought you would have a house by now or opened your own business and hired employees by now or been retired by now, give yourself some grace. Take that stock and just what next? What next? And be happy with the successes that you have today and thankful for the things that you have been able to accomplish. Many of us just don't have the time to really take that stock. And if you do, you can become quite thankful and you'll realize that you have even more to share and that you've made it further than you ever thought you could. So folks, I'm going to be honest. My drink is gone and I'm going to go have another. Okay, so I'm not kidding. I For the season premiere of Game of Thrones, I am teeing up the Stargazer with a little Game of Thrones Chardonnay, some spiced rum, vanilla syrup, and pineapple and lime juice. And for my friends out there who don't like pineapple, you should try this drink anyway. I have friends who don't like pineapple, and I just don't understand it. And they're still friends? Yeah, weird. (laughs) So um, I would really love to hear from from our audience and see what their successes are and what their measurements are and what's meaningful in their lives. Or people can also give some shout-outs to the other folks in their lives that have helped them along the way. That would be a really fun experiment to watch, too. That would be. Thanks for listening to this episode. We love to hear from you. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Easy Underground. Speaking of success and what asking yourself what next, listen, it's always in seasons of change. Thank you, Mother Nature. Spring is upon us. Oh, we both love and cherish a Michigan winter, but I also cherish seasons of change as well, like the sun and grass. <laughs> and change brings about introspection, goal setting, possibilities, new perspectives. What will this season of change bring you, professionally or personally? That's what we're talking about next time. 